Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Matt, and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories, and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Happy Friday and welcome back to another episode of Journey to Freedom podcast. I'm excited to have you back with me or welcome you if you're tuning in for the very first time. A few weeks ago, I had a great conversation from Grace from Road to Fire about financial independence, how to save over 50% of your income, how to create a passive income stream, and so much more. There was a lot of insightful content that I hope you have learned a lot. And if you have missed or would have rather see the show notes or the key points from that talk, head out to my Patreon account where you can find exactly that. Patreon is a place where I post everything on a weekly basis. Things such as episodes, show notes, personal spreadsheets, useful links, and other files that can help you travel and become more financially educated. Now, let's talk about today's episode and two of my guests who were on their journey to financial independence just a few years ago, but as of right now, are financially independent and have achieved their FI back in 2018. Ali and Allison have met in 2004, started managing their own investments a year later, married in 2006, and reached financial independence in 2017. Ever since 2018, they have fully retired, and thanks to their annual income from investments, they are able to do what they truly love, travel, blog, coach others, and most importantly, live the lives they want to. Ali and Allison have their own blog called All Options Considered, where they document their life journey by sharing insightful photos, stories, financial advices, and everyday activities. Both of them were featured at places such as Market Watch, Fire Drill Podcast, The Monthly Fool, and Queer Money Podcast. While browsing through financial podcasts on Spotify, I have stumbled across Fire Drill Podcast, where Ali and Allison talked about their journey with retiring early. They sto- their story really inspired and motivated me to reach out to them and share their path to financial independence with all of you. So without a further ado, Ali and Allison, thank you so much for being right here. I'm super excited to be connecting with you today. Oh, we're really happy to be here too. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Thanks for bringing us on the show. We're enjoying your podcast and it's fun to be on it as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. So like I mentioned in the intro, I really want to talk a little bit more about financial independence, how you reached it and exactly how you are able to you know, live the lives that you currently um, you are. Uh, but let's just start a little bit from the beginning. And uh, let me ask you one of the first questions is, um, when did you decide to pursue financial independence and where were your like beginnings with it? Well, we, we always try to um, be crystal clear that we, we aren't among the cool kids who heard about the fire movement and and then immediately started pursuing financial independence in that way. Um, we Our story is more that we... We just started um, really getting into investing and saving for early retirement back in 2005, and we didn't. We weren't using the term financial independence. Um, we might have gotten that from Vicky Robin at some point, but we didn't find the financial independence movement until 2014. So we were just doing, you know, all options considered, which I think we started using that term in 2007. 
and it was all about investing and um, managing our own money and building our confidence um, in those things. Yeah, I think we were we were kind of casting around for guidance. So we we joined a women's only investment club in 2005 and learned how to invest in individual stocks. And then we had friends who had rental properties. So we tried doing rental real estate for a little while. And then, in, like, like we all said, in, in 2017, we found the FIRE movement, or no, 2014, excuse yeah. me. And then we really got focused. Yeah. I would say that that's kind of when our, our um, path to FIRE really ramped up. And the other thing I'll say is Allie and I are 10 years apart. So I'm 10 oh. years older. And um, although we weren't kind of, we didn't have a specific goal for retiring early, we knew that we would be retiring. She would be retiring earlier than I would, obviously, because I'm 10 years older. So um, we did have the drive to try to figure out how to invest and and have enough of a nest egg to retire when we were ready. Yeah. And, and really just over time between between like 2005 and, and 2018, I guess, you know, every year, we were more focused. We were better at investing. We had more confidence in managing our own money. And, you know, but it took us a while to, to get to the level of confidence we needed. We actually needed more time to get confident about retiring early and trusting, you know, because trusting in the money is hard. Mm-hmm. It was especially difficult for Allison to feel confident that it was going to be okay. So. That's another question that I want to ask you is were you on the same page when it comes to finances? Because it's so much different when you're an individual, just like me, for example, when, you know, I have a certain path and I know what I'm doing. But for you, both of you, how, how was it um, for you, actually? I certainly am the more nervous and conservative one in our relationship. So I I needed a lot of structure and, and guidance and um, proof of of concept, shall we say. Um, Allie is really the one that that encouraged us to think outside of the box and and try multiple things, and that's where the the term "all options considered" came from. You know, at at some point we were investing in real estate. We were in uh, we had our own personal home. We had two rental properties, um, and we were investing in the stock market and working. Um, and I just didn't think that was going to be possible. And sure enough, it was. It, I, we weren't very successful at being landlords, but we were able to keep it all going. So it was a, an interesting moment. Yeah, I, to uh, for sure, we were always on the same page. We always had the same goal. And we know for a lot of couples, we know from our coaching stuff that it, that's actually not, that's not, not always, everybody's that's on not the same page. True. We were yeah. always on the same page, but we did did not and do not always have the same level of confidence. Yeah. So that was the trickier part for us feeling, getting to where we both felt 100% confident in trusting in our, our money, but we were for sure always on the same page about what our goals were and what we were trying to achieve. I think especially that this is uh, such an important, like a big topic, right? That's something that's a major change in your life because I spoke about it already in a few episodes before that, you know, when you're a path on fire, there are some sort of, sacrifices that you have to make and it's a long-term goal so you need to really think about it so when both of you are thinking about it the same and having the same vision that i think that's really really good it really helps it to become you know financially independent earlier i believe so i agree yeah i think that's definitely true yeah 
And um, okay, so another question that I have for you is about investing a little bit more in this strategy. Um, I know there, are, I haven't really covered that one yet on the episode itself, but I want to talk a little about investment strategy specifically for fire movement because there's a certain path that uh, people that are on the journey, they, they follow it. Um, can we talk a little bit about that and what sort of investment strategy would you would you say you're on right now? Right now, we're, we're basically 100% invested in index funds. Um, and 50% of our portfolio are in tax-deferred accounts and 50% are in brokerage accounts. And again, from our coaching sessions, we've been talking to a lot of people who are on their path to fire or they're about to fire, and they realize that they have been focusing 100% in their 401ks or tax-deferred accounts, and they don't have anything accessible to them you know, before they're 59 and a half. So um, luckily we decided to sell our condo in Seattle when we retired. And that's what we use to fund our brokerage account to live on in early retirement. Um, so it, it was, we got lucky. <laughs> it was coincidental because it, at that point we decided that we were no longer going to hold real estate. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then we and then we, and then we a house. turn around and bought a house. And... <laughs> yeah. But I think for strategy, you know, we've been having these conversations with people a lot. It, it's it seems more and more common if people find the financial independence movement and then start investing. It's it seems fairly common that people would be kind of go all in to index funds from the beginning, which right. is obviously not what we did and we started with individual stocks and we started investing with our brokerage account. So we were, we were always more, you know, putting more of our time and energy into individual stocks and the brokerage account from the beginning. And the index funds part of our strategy didn't come together until probably after we really had hit financial independence. Yeah, it took us, it took us a, probably a year and a half total to migrate everything from individual stocks over to all index funds. Um, and, and we basically follow the Boglehead um, three fund portfolio strategy. Though like everything, we always adapt everything to ourselves. That's true. That's and, true. And we have a four fund yeah, so we are using four funds in the sense that it, we have a U.S. broad market, an international fund, um, a longer-term bond fund, than a short-term bond fund, and we're also using a, a muni tax-free fund in our brokerage account. And we absolutely want to be invested in international as well. Good. So that's one of the things. I'm definitely not an expert when it comes to this, but I know that one of the things that everybody stresses out, whether it's financial independent movement or any kind of finances, it's uh, diversification, right? It's important that people don't put everything in the, in the one basket. And um, I'm just saying it from my own experience because I talk with a lot of uh, you know, younger people in their 20s or, or maybe even, even under 20 years old. And everybody right now, uh, and I know it's a completely different topic like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and putting everything and just opening a Robinhood account and putting everything in one basket, which is really, really bad for, for the long term because it's uh, obviously risky. But uh, from your own perspective, since you've been investing for a long term, would you happen to have any advice for younger people where what they should be investing in? Maybe not specifically you know, stocks, but just right. an overall idea. I think it. I think it all depends on your timeline and your risk portfolio or your risk profile. Um, you know, if you're super young and and like 
18 years old and you want to buy an individual stock and you've, you've, you know, you're still living with your parents, maybe go for it. It, you will learn a lot um, in doing that, but the, the more kind of um, steady you want to be, the more predictable you want to be, um, the more I would encourage folks to invest in a broad market type of investment, an index fund that is not actively managed, it's lower cost. Um, and you will get diversification through using an index fund because it, it invests in the broader U.S. stock market. Um, and as far as, you know, how much should you invest in equities and how much in bonds, I think it's all about your time horizon. It is, it is you know, there's several rules of thumb out there, but it's more true that uh, the longer you need your portfolio to last for yourself, kind of the more equities you need to have. At the same time, you need to have access to your cash. So you do need some level of cash or bonds in your portfolio that you can count on if there's a down market. Yeah. So, you know, starting out at 75% equities is great, I think. Um, if you go much farther down, um, you aren't necessarily going to have access to the equity growth that will help your portfolio last much, much longer. Much longer, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, another question that I have is the 4% rule that is very common, of course, for fire movement. Um, and, you know, for those who, excuse me, for those who aren't really familiar, maybe even with the fire movement, could we just a little bit talk about the 4% rule and how do you define it and um, right. how are you actually able to manage that? So the 4% rule um, comes from the Trinity study that was done back in the late 90s. Uh, and it looked at um, basically a 50-50 bond equity portfolio um, and they said, if you can withdraw no more than 4% from that portfolio um, to live off of, then it should last about 30 years. Well, that's great if you're 60, yeah. but if you're, if you're 35, you're going right. to need more growth. So um, what we do now is we certainly started out um, trying to use that formula of taking our living exp our yearly living expenses and timesing it by 25, which is the inverse equation of the 4% rule, mm -hmm. and trying to make sure that we had saved 25 times that one year's expenses. And we retired it about 30 times. Um, and over time, because we've been on this amazing bull run, even with the COVID crash, we're, we're definitely over that now. At this point, moving forward, if you're needing your portfolio to last longer than 30 years, um, and you're younger, I would definitely move your equity ratio up and I would target maybe a 3% withdrawal rate. From our perspective, the, the beauty of the 4% rule is, is just it gives you a baseline. Right. You know, it gives you something to, to start with and to kind of build your ideas from. But we wouldn't, you know, we're not people who think the 4% rule is foolproof. Correct. And um, 4% was, as Allison mentioned, was not a safe number for us. Um, but we do think it's a fabulous baseline to start working from. And the other thing we, we decided when we were first learning about the 4% rule was just looking at our expenses today while we're, you know, trying to live as minimalistic as possible, meaning, you know, back in, let's say, 2017, we, we wanted to inflate that budget because again, you know, feeling like we we didn't want to be risky, just you know your your cheapest expense rate is for us. That's not what we would do the calculation on. We wanted to inflate our budget a bit, so it felt like we were, you know, we could be really confident that it was 
it, it wasn't minimalistic, you know, because we weren't paying our own taxes. Our employer was. We weren't right. paying our own health care. We were paying 0% of our health care at that time. Right. So there were a lot of different things that we needed to do um, to make our budget feel like it was a safe number, an inflated number to run that calculation off of. That's a good point. We, I think a lot of folks that are, that are um, starting their FI journey don't consider the taxes and the paying of health insurance, particularly if you're going to stay in the United States. If you're yeah. traveling overseas, then that, that equation changes a little bit. Or a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. or, or a lot, yeah. yeah. And I know that's another topic, and there are plenty of different podcasts and episodes about like tax and health. Yeah. Because uh, it's a really broad topic, especially when you're planning on retiring early and, you know, want to make sure that you're, you're perfectly fine for the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years, right? Right, right. Um, so may, maybe in the future, if it's okay, I'll bring you on as a guest and we can even talk more about it. If that's oh, okay. we'd love to. Yeah, that'd it, be super it, it's, fun. It's been a, a super interesting topic for us because we were nomads for two years and now we're full-time residents of the United States. So our healthcare right. coverage has definitely been a moving target over that time. Now we're settled in on the on the ACA, which is which is good for us for right now. Let's talk a little bit more about that. How how um, the whole financial independent movement pretty much changed our life? Because right now, since mm. you're you're financially independent, I just want to know how how the life is on the other side. Let's just say you know for <laughs> no for those people that like me still working nine to five and looking for a job, but for you it's completely different lifestyle. So I just want to touch base on that one as well. It feels it feels really good. I, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to go. Oh, it's amazing! It's just the best thing ever. <laughs> it it's it was a huge life change, you know, um, moving from the the U.S. culture of having to work so much and be available to your employer so much can be really hard for people. Um, Allie and I didn't one hundred percent link our our self worth to our jobs, so I think for us that was good. It made it easier because our self-worth and our, you know, people talk about your sense of purpose. Yeah. We weren't, that's not what work was for us. So, you know, that, and it is for some people. It wasn't for us. Yeah. I I was just going to say, you know, we, we had lots of other interests. We're, we're very close to our families. We really wanted to get out there and travel. So we had some exciting stuff that we were looking forward to. Um, and, and having the confidence of knowing that our portfolio was going to support us in these endeavors was, was really nice. So being able to walk away, was a huge de-stressor. Yeah. How, how did, uh-huh. Go ahead, Allie. Well, we certainly, you know, we did not miss work. We do not have trouble filling our time. Yeah. You know, we are not bored. Um, walking away from work really was, it felt like a healthy move for us mm-hmm. emotionally and physically. And so those were the types of things, you know, now we, we, you know, you hear people say, I get to spend my time and money on things I care about, which is 100% true for us. But one of the most interesting things is, is really like right up until the day that we quit. I think we were both, especially Allison, pretty obsessed with, with thinking about, or sometimes worrying about our portfolio and the stock market in general. And that was the biggest change in some ways, you know, just not, you know, because Allison would go to work at 5 a.m. and just kind of keep that open on one of her monitors and worry about it and think about it all the time. So that was one of the bigger changes for us 
especially if you think back to when we started individual stock investing, we were thinking about money and the portfolio and the stock market all the time. Yeah. Like no joke, all the time. And that was one of the biggest changes that we love. Now we don't, we don't sit around thinking about our portfolio or the stock market. We talk about other things and we talk about money with other people, but we're not, we don't have that same concern or focus or worry anymore. That that was before. And that's another thing that I know that uh, when I talk with, with uh, some of my friends, when I tell them the idea of retiring early and I'm just 27 years old, people just don't really uh, get the perspective or they don't really get what I'm trying to say. Right. And uh, it's like, just like you said, Ali, I think it's definitely not about just doing nothing and going to Thailand and sipping on the drinks. Yeah. Uh, but it's from what I believe, right. It's more about putting a time to, to what you really want to do. Um, spending time with friends, family, uh, traveling the world. Those are like some of my priorities. That's what, that's what I would do. Um, am I, am I following the, the path? Is that the right? Yes. Thing yeah. That, that sounds yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just wanted to know, cause that's just really important to, to know that if it's not about retiring at the age of, let's just say 40 and doing absolutely nothing, but about pursuing your hobbies and passions and still working on side hustles. Um, and another thing I want to cover a little bit is the idea of all, uh, all option consider rainbow scholarship and mm. financial coaching from you. Uh, where did the idea come from and how are you able to like manage it right now? How is it going? When we um, started the blog, which was in like February of 2019, and we were going to be super casual about it because in the beginning, just kind of friends and friends of friends wanted to hear more about what we were doing and how we got there. And I think we were, we were in Thailand mm-hmm. when somebody was giving us, we said, oh, we can tell our stories on Facebook. And, you know, a couple people were like, don't be ridiculous. You need to, you need, if you want to tell your stories, you need to start a blog. It's easy. So we um, started the blog in that way. And it's not a business. um, So we don't, you know, we don't work on it every single day and put posts out every single week. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not monetized. We don't, we don't really get any money off of it. It was, and still is really a communication tool. Yeah. And people pretty quickly started reaching out to us to talk about money and travel and that kind of thing, unsolicited um, people reaching out to us, that turned into financial coaching over time as people had questions for us. And last year, I mean, 2020 was such a difficult year for so many people. I mean, we're, we're very fortunate. We, we had an okay year of just a kind of a scary year to worry about COVID and that sort of thing. But 2020 was such a tough year for so many people and that inspired us to, you know, we've been looking for different ways to give um, that are not just with standard charities in the U S. And so we, we came up with the idea for the scholarship for the AOC rainbow scholarship um, just as another vehicle for giving. And it's not a tax advantage strategy. Mm -hmm. It's not a formal scholarship. It's really just a term we're using for, um, you know, wanting to be able to give money to people for who are doing good work um, or who are on their own path to financial independence and yeah. just need some support. So it's pretty loose and, you know, we can do whatever we want with it kind of a thing, which we love. But we sponsor people taking, um, you know, financial classes. Um, we support 
women's groups that are that are doing things for people and sponsor you know an individual for a, a year-long membership for a particular service um, we're also gonna try to get with some people that are have some new books coming out and you know help them give away 30 of their books right um, and and the financial coaching you know we have put out some very specific blogs that we have um, explored and written as we were trying to understand and learn those phases for us. Um, and it's, it's turned into um, lots of LGBTQ folks reaching out to us, lots of single women um, who don't feel comfortable kind of reaching out to the, to the mainstream folks, mainstream CPAs or CFPs to get advice because they're not seeing themselves in, in those providers. Um, so we're kind of a, a first stop for them. So we can have a conversation, we can look at what they're doing, and then we can encourage them with their own very tailored questions to go on and get professional advice. That's amazing. It all like, gives me a little bit of a goose, goosebumps because I'm so excited <laughs> and so, so happy to have you know people like you that are able to give back, not just you know, you just did not just reach, reach or achieve this financial independence and you're in absolutely nothing and spending just money on yourself, but you wanted to give back, which is really, really amazing. It's something that I would love to do in the future. Um, you know, it's just, I would love to travel, explore the world, but also give back and show the community what really is out there, not yeah. just one place. It was, it was an interesting um, moment. At the end of 2019, we went down to Ecuador and attended the Fire Chautauqua down there. Nice. And um, the presenters were Vicki Robbins, um, Tanya Hester, and Paula Pant. And Cheryl Reed. And Cheryl Reed. Um, and their, that particular Chautauqua was um, more tailored to people who were either fired or almost fired. And one of the big themes throughout the whole week was how to give back to your community now that you have reached um, your stability and success. Yeah. And, and so it, in that moment, it really got us thinking. So the rest of, you know, 2020 was about how can we do this? So. Yeah. And financial, financial coaching is, is, a it's pretty simple. You know, it's half the time it's just talking money, half the time it's crunching numbers with people, but you know, anyone who reaches out to us, we've, we've never, you know, we, we will work with anyone who reaches out to us on that topic. The scholarship we want to be more focused on um, women, people of color and LGBTQ plus people. But coaching right. is really just talking yeah. money with anyone with who anybody. is looking for someone and wants to give us a bit of trust. And we, we really um, are grateful for that. Yeah. And for those who are listening right now, how can they find you? How could they uh, connect with you if they would like to uh, reach out? Oh, just, um, you know, well, we're on social media, but we're not, we're not awesome on social media. We're, <laughs> and we have the blog, all options considered, but you can find us on any of the social media or the blog and through the blog, you can find our email address pretty easily. I hope, um, and check in with us through that. Yeah. And we love meeting people. So feel free. And yeah. It's been awesome. great meeting you as, as, as well. Thank you. Thank you. Just one of the last questions that I have um, for you is some of the challenges uh, living your your life after financial independence. Um, because like I said, I, I spoke recently with Grace from Road to Fire and she's uh, she's the one who's about to reach financial independence. So she's still on a journey just like myself. But for you, I'm sure it's a little bit different, uh, especially right now. What would you say that it's something that's changed right after you retired? Was there anything that's uh, 
that was like a major change or something that people should think about? I, I do think it's important to have something to retire to. I think it was it was great that we when we decided to retire, we immediately left where we had been living, which was Seattle, mm-hmm. um, and immediately started to travel because that had been a, a lifelong interest for both of us. So having something to go do right away, I think, was really important. Um, and and even though we're we're now back in the states and we're setting up a new home base. We're still doing new and different things. I mean, we're setting up a home base with a friend of ours. Um, and we haven't lived with a roommate in, well, for as long as we've been together. So almost 20 years now. Um, so that's been interesting. So we're doing new things. It's pushing our boundaries a little bit. We have a little bit of discomfort with stuff, but that's because we're trying new stuff. Yes. We're, we're in a new community. We're in a new state. We have a, a new house. We have a new housemate. Um but we're continuing to to pursue the, our interests, talk about travel, talk about money, meet new friends. And be super open to change. I mean, yeah. life has been changing dramatically every single year since since 2018 for us. And yeah. we, we're not going to be surprised if it keeps going that way. And yeah. you know, we've been really lucky that we have not had challenges relating to being financially independent. We, we need to be able to flex and weave and swerve mm-hmm. and change gears pretty quickly in order for us to be doing well with being financially independent. But since we weren't, um, you know, we weren't as attached to our jobs, you know, some people talk about how difficult it is to, to let go of your job and your sense of purpose. And so if that's you, you know, you really need to spend some time thinking about where your focus and your energy is going to be put after you leave work. But in our case, we just need to be able to flex and change when things like COVID happen, which, you know, we can't control that. We can't control anything. So we just try to be flexible and open to change and constantly learning new things and meeting new people. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two things that both of you mentioned. That's something that I talk all about on this podcast is it's about challenges and about opportunities and stepping out of your comfort zone. And I know I talk about it almost every single episode, but I really think that it's super important because that's exactly how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you explore new things. And mm-hmm. staying in one place for way too long can get you way too comfortable and you're not really learning. That's <laughs> exactly. How I see it we we yeah. relate to you on that for sure. Yeah. You are right about that. Yeah. We're, we're setting up this new home base here in Arizona and we fully expect that by next year we'll we'll be adding back in some level of travel on a pretty consistent yeah. basis. Yeah, that was actually my last question for you. What are your plans for the near future, if you don't mind sharing with us? Well, we're um, we're we're trying to get into doing more road trips around the U.S. Yeah, um, we're trying. Yeah, we're not we're not necessarily succeeding on that, but I will just put out there in case this helps make it happen. <laughs> You know, in in October of this year, we really have our hearts set on taking a trip back into Europe for the first time in a couple of nice. years. And we want to take um, one of our nieces has asked to go along. And so we fully have our hearts set on making that happen, hoping COVID plays along. Um, but for sure, we need to do more road trips in the U.S. We need to be you know, out and about a bit more and not fall into having, because we have a home base, that doesn't mean we need to stay here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just, yeah, I think, I think getting settled in here and finishing a few remodeling projects, our housemate's going to get a dog here in the next week or so, which will be exciting for the household, a puppy. (laughs) That's exciting. Um, Yeah. um, But I I think, I think getting back out on the road in the next couple of, you know, hopefully this year and then continuing to figure out how to add that into our, our life you know, and, you know, we have, I have a mom and, and some other family here in Arizona and that's why we chose Arizona spending more time with her, spending the summers with her, like we had been in the past. So I want to get, keep that going. So yeah. amazing. Amazing. I can't wait to see what's going to be happening. Cause I've been following you on Instagram for quite some time and just oh, nice. curious, curious where your adventure is going to go in the next few months and years. So, well, we're calling, really, we're calling ourselves yeah. pulled over nomads. Yeah. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, Ali, Allison, I really appreciate you being right here. Uh, great connecting with you. Really, really a pleasure. I'm, I'm super happy that we we're able to talk, chat a little bit. Hopefully, I can uh, guys have you maybe in the next uh, few episodes. We can talk a little bit more about that. Um, I know you have really broad knowledge about this, which is really, really great. And uh, a lot of people would like to learn a little bit more about this topic because um, it's really interesting. Yeah, oh, we'd love that. Yeah, we'd yeah. love it. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and also let your friends and family know about Journey to Freedom. Also, consider supporting me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash journey to freedom. Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on -on one-on-one basis. It's a place where I share exclusive content such as personal spreadsheets, traveling tips and advice, and of course, show notes from every single episode. It's a place where you can find a lot of insightful links, files, and so much more. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.